Hey everybody, welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk and I'm here with Logan. What's up? And we had probably the greatest week in the history of our church uh, this last week called Seek Week. And if you missed it at all, uh, just want you to know there's always next year or the <laughs> next event or the next thing. I don't want you to feel bad if you missed it, but I'm telling you, we had an amazing week on Monday night. We had Glenn Berto, and he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And I, I was joking with somebody saying, you know, Glenn's, Glenn died eight times, you know, on the table. And he's kind of like a guy, it's like, if you ever met somebody that struck by lightning, you're going to have a little grace at uh, how fast his brain is firing or some of the things he says. But I got to tell you, God used that night and God used him. The altars were packed with people that wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that wanted the gift of speaking in tongues, and many, many testimonies from young kids all the way up to uh, my former neighbor, uh, Tony, has been seeking this for years and years and years, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this was the night. Monday night is the night. He got his prayer language, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and just an incredible night. Tuesday, we had Martha speaking on healing. And she, you know, <clears throat> I've heard her preach before, but I'd never met her in person. She walks into the green room, Logan, and she goes, I'm not speaking on healing tonight. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> and she goes, I'm speaking about the healer. I, we're, we're coming to the healer. And so I thought that was so awesome that, uh, you know, she, she did, she's the most high energy 81 year old you've ever met and, uh, did an incredible job and there's testimonies of healing coming out. And, and actually pastor Becca, uh, Logan, your mom just shared a story about somebody that was praying for healing in their body and, um, didn't even realize over this last week, didn't even realize until the next morning she put her glasses on. It's not even what she was praying for. But she put her glasses on and her glasses were blurry and she lifted up the glasses and God healed her eyesight. Yeah. And the Isn't song was, the song was crazy. saying, heal my vision. And she's like, I didn't even realize that my vision was healed. It's amazing. <laughs> Dude, that stuff is just so awesome. And many, many people testifying at Apple Valley, because it was hosted at Apple Valley and Crosstown. We, at the end of Tuesday night, we did have like a testimony sharing time. Uh, for a period of time, and many people came up to the microphone sharing, hey, this is what I was dealing with walking into the auditorium, and I believe right now because the pain has subsided or because of something that I'm sensing or feeling, uh, I believe that I've been healed in a supernatural way, and so it was awesome, and Martha was the last one in the building. It's like she's got energy. I, I told her, I said, I thought you left already, and she goes, nope, I'm still fellowshipping, and I just <laughs> love her so much, and so uh, the church loved it as well. On Wednesday, we had uh, Next Generation Night or Generations Night where – uh, Lydia Erickson preached at Crosstown. She's a teenager. And Gabby Paul preached at Apple Valley. Both of them teenagers, uh, just graduated high school, living for the Lord, going to do powerful things. And I love that our church got to hear from young and old at Seek Week. Pastor Rob ended on Thursday night with bold month, like declaring we're entering a month of boldness into the month of August. And we're going to see what that looks like for our church, but our team is making plans for bold month. So get excited. It's going to be awesome. Logan, what was your favorite part of Seek Week? I mean, it's it's hard not to look at Martha's message and just be just thrilled by that. I mean, you, you can watch on YouTube if you missed it, but 
I mean, to see her with the energy she has, and it was, I mean, it was a great message too. It wasn't just like, oh, she's, yeah. she's older and excited and jumping around the stage. I mean, it was a great word. And, you know, obviously she came prepared. She came ready to go. But I just think seeing that happen and then just seeing the anticipation of people that are leaning into the things of God, I, multiple people saying, hey, I'm here every night. I'm seeking, a, I know you mentioned this, but last year we had a good response for Seek Week because it was Ask, Seek, Pray. And we were thinking, you know, I was, I was skeptical. Yep. I'm like, I don't know that people are really going to show up again. You know, last year was the theme. And this year was actually a better response than last year was. Yep. And so, yep. you know, we were processing this. My dad and I were on the, the the other podcast that I I run, Talking Church. Uh, we talked all about gifts of the Spirit, everything like that as well. But we were saying, what are we going to do next year? We might have to do this at four locations. You know, we're joining together with our conference of all the network pastors as well. And so we're thinking that whether it's multiple locations and packing it out or finding an arena that can hold everyone, whatever happens, oh, yeah. we're going to be pressing in and seeking again next year. So July 8th, 9th, 10th, beyond, who knows, maybe we'll go, maybe we'll just keep going until it never stops. <laughs> yeah, we, comes I mean, back. We, had about, we had about 2,000 people there every night and add to that next year, a thousand pastors and leaders and hopefully more, even more from our church. And so next year is going to be, I mean, it'll feel like we're doing it for the first time and it'll feel like uh, we should have always been doing it. It's going to be an amazing year next year. I, I don't want to forget the fact that we had street teams on Friday night and serve day on Saturday. And so it was our largest serve day ever uh, with almost 2,400 people actively serving in our community uh, all across the Twin Cities. And dozens upon dozens of projects. And I, I don't know the exact number of projects, but uh, I love Pastor Vicki Hernandez who oversees that and all the coordination that, that happened. And she said, there's more projects to do. There's more projects to do. And so the need is really, really great in our community. And I love that our church showed up on a Saturday. It's not the only time we serve in our community, but it is a rallying point every year where we join with a thousand other churches uh, across the country that participate in that same serve day. And you just don't know what happens, not not only in the community physically, but also spiritually when thousands of churches across the country participate in Serve Day in their communities. And there's like a wave of uh, hopefully healing and freedom and excellence and the spirit of joy and miracles and a boldness to witness. And I think it's just worth giving God praise for all that he did this last week in our church and across the country not just with Seek Week, but also Serve Day wrapping up Seek Week. So what an incredible time. Praise God, praise God. And this weekend was uh, continuing our serve, uh, series, I'm sorry, series on the book of First Peter. And so in just a moment, we'll talk about the message, but also want to, I love that people are asking questions, that people are listening to this podcast and asking questions. And we've got if we don't have the answer, we for sure have a response and uh, we'll give a response and hopefully it's the right answer. But I, that's kind of attached to, you know, Logan, as you get ready to ask some of the questions, it's attached to the weekend's message just about always having a response and always being prepared, always being in the ready position. And so I love that this is a place where people can ask questions. But when we talk about the message, we're going to talk more about the ready position and being able and ready uh, to be able to share our faith and what the Lord's doing in our life and the gospel message and lead people to Christ. So, yep. The first question is an important one. MJ Ellis Jr. three says, Kirk, what are we even doing? 
<laughs> what are we even doing? Uh, that's a great question, uh, just generally, but we know that that is attached to a brand new single from River Valley Ages. Uh, Ages right now is up at youth camp, leading 696 teenagers from River Valley Church in worship. And there's some other churches at camp as well. Uh, so there's there's over a thousand teenagers up there praising God and Ages is leading, but they just released a single called, What Are We Even Doing? Logan, let's hear a, piece, a little clip. I'm just putting this in my mic. That's all. You got to go. You got to go listen to it. I don't know if you could even hear that. It's, uh, you know, if you've ever heard it's of a great Reliant song. K, got a little Reliant K vibe. Uh, I, I, I love it. I love what God's doing in the next generation of music and worship and all that. But they just released that. If you haven't, if you haven't checked out, go look up River Valley Ages. What are we even doing? I feel like that's what good, we're doing. We're listening to the song. I feel like it's a good alarm song. Like throw it as your alarm. Like what are we even doing? We got to get yeah. up. You got to wake up. Like yeah, what are we even doing, man? Don't sleep the day away. Get up. Get after it. Early bird gets the worm. So I'm gonna jump to some of our other questions, more serious questions. Even though that was, that was good, helping us promote. Yep. But that was a little um, plug. This one. A. Johns1203 says, how do I get back to desiring to read God's word? It feels more like a task to get done lately. Oh, hey, that's a great question. And I've, we've talked about it before about how hunger works in the spiritual realm. You, you, to get hungry physically, you're going to skip a couple meals and you're going to be starving. To get hungry spiritually, you actually have to eat. And so it works the opposite way. The more you eat, the more hungry you get. And I think it's okay just also to acknowledge the fact that this is a long journey, like following Christ is the rest of our lives and into eternity. And because we're on this side of eternity here on earth, there is pain and there's grief and there's sorrow and there's trial and there's trouble. All that stuff happens in this life. And so there is this reality that, you know, uh, the ebb and flow of our desire and even our just humanity and our flesh, th there is an ebb and flow to that. And we actually prayed over our team this week uh, that the Lord would reignite that fire, restore unto us the joy of our salvation. And if you're in a place and it sounds like, a. Johns is in this place of like, I want to get back to that eager desire and that hunger. How do I get, how do I get it back? I'm trying to encourage you that it's okay that you feel that way. What you should be so happy about is you have the desire to be hungry again. Like, I think we should have a concern that I'm not even, I don't even want to be hungry. I don't even want the things of God. I don't even want that feeling. You, you know, that's a concern. And so, A. Johns, you're, 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 be you're doing better than you think you are the fact that you have that desire and we're navigating all this fleshly stuff and the things in the world, uh, but you got to eat. And so part of it is discipline. It's self-discipline of, of getting up and spending time in the word. It's, it's accountability. Get some friends in your life that want to live the same way as you that are also encouraging you and spurring you on. Get in a small group, a, a weekly meeting every single week with a group of believers where you're doing Bible study and prayer uh, serve in the church. You got to get active, and and what will happen is is your life and desire for the Lord is going to grow. But I I think also, you know, I I, I one time I, I used this analogy uh, about a fire, and life's not all about the the bonfire seasons. Praise God that that He gives us these moments where it's like wow, like Seek Week. That was a bonfire last week. I, it was like incredible. But to have weeks like that, that are like the bonfire, 
you got you got to keep the coals hot throughout the year and the way what that looks like throughout the year is Many, many days, day after day after day, keeping the coals hot, you have to put fuel on the fire. And oftentimes that's not a that's not a dead Christmas tree that that causes a bonfire. It's just twigs. And so yeah. I have this saying in my head that I always think about is today might be a twig day, but do I love picking up twigs? You gotta learn to love faithfulness. You gotta learn to love. It's not a special day, but I'm gonna spend time in in, in the word. It's not a special day, but I'm I'm showing up to church. It's it's a it's a normal average mundane day, but I'm going to love the faithfulness. I love bringing my family to church. I love serving in the church. I love participating in small groups. I love the twigs, just picking up twigs. What am I doing? I'm picking up twigs, putting it on the hot coals to keep keep the coals hot in my life, waiting for the day that the Lord gives me a chainsaw, says, go cut down a tree. Today's a bonfire day. Today's River Valley Conference. Today's Seek Week. Today's a global team. Today, your friend is giving their life to the Lord. Today, your kid is getting water baptized. Today, you know, those are bonfire days. Those days are coming, but I'm gonna learn to love the faithfulness. I love working today and going home to my my wife and having dinner with my family Uh having a good conversation with my wife, maybe watching a show that we like to watch and going to bed. That's a normal day. But I got to tell you, I love that. I love that. That's a twig day. I love that. And I'm keeping the coals hot in my life, hot in marriage, hot as a parent, um, hot after the Lord uh, and in ministry. That's what it looks like. So I got a little passionate there, but I'm a, I'm about that. Love faithfulness, man. No, that's so good. I, I was just looking up. I saw yesterday... I saw Clinton post this and Allie Williams post this. There's this reel going around of this pastor named Katie Adams uh, who just yep. shared about sometimes it's like a meal and some meals are memorable and other meals are just to nourish your body and keep your energy going. And it's a great reel. It has like 1.4 million views in like a couple of days. But I think people resonate with that, that, hey, scripture is not always this crazy like revelation moment. Um, but I was reading... Yeah. When we were reading in Genesis the other day, we read the story of uh, Judah and, and Tamar. And if you know the story or if you read it, you might be wondering this. It's a pretty graphic, graphic, and, oh, yeah. like just challenging story to read. I'll summarize it quickly. But basically, it's Judah's daughter-in-law who ends up losing her her husband, the other uh, person who marries her that he he gives and marries dies because he was being disobedient, wasn't providing a child for her. And so then she's this this widow. And in the Jewish tradition, you're supposed to um, basically marry back to that family to be redeemed uh, through childbearing at the time. And basically she's she goes off and Judah doesn't fulfill his promise. He ends up going and she poses as a prostitute he sleeps with her, gets her pregnant. Just, again, just crazy story. It's in the Bible. Yeah, horrific. And, and I just remember reading it, and I've read it multiple times. But like, wow, that is that is tough, you know, to read. Yeah. And I was reading this commentary about it, and just totally was saw a new perspective about the the verse. Obviously, not a new perspective on Judah and his sin, but kind of this example of what Jesus is to us and how how Tamar was flipping the script on her father-in-law, basically like 
finally he acknowledges his sin and he acknowledges who he is. And you know, I, I don't want to get into all of that and talk about it forever, but I just think you you can read a passage five, six, seven times, never understand it. And then you get this understanding of God cares about these people so much. God actually was trying to do this to show her the his love and Judah fell short of this. And because he fell short, again, there's just so many things that you can take out of a passage or you read the genealogy of Jesus and you see these people and then you think about why those people were included. And then the women that were included, why were the women included in that? Those were, it was a prostitute, it was a widow. It was a, you know, okay, that's crazy. So I just think, it may be five, six, seven, eight times before you read it and you really understand the gravity of what is happening, but it doesn't mean we should just stop and say, all right, I, right. I'm not understanding this. I'm, I'm good. You know, it may, it may take a while. Yeah, that's really good. I, I was thinking about, acquire, you know, uh, uh, an acquired taste and how do you, how do you acquire a taste for something? you actually have to taste it, you know, and over and over again, you got to keep, you got to keep tasting it. And that, that is your relationship with the Lord is there's something within you that loves the things of God. It's how you were created, but also there's a fleshly part of us that was born into sin that wants to pull us away from that. And so you have the ability within you and it's the Holy Spirit. He, you're, you can acquire a taste. You just got to, you have to keep tasting, keep tasting, and you got to learn to love it, you know, and, and genuinely you, you will love it. So great question. KDD910 looks like Amanda. Uh, Amanda asks, my mom said, everyone goes to heaven. How do I respond? She doesn't read the Bible. Um, I think Unfortunately, it's obvious, right, <laughs> that she doesn't yep. read the Bible because uh, it's clear. But Kirk, what would you say to someone who just says, God God loves everyone. He wants everyone to go to heaven. And because of that, he's going to forgive everyone. Yeah, it, it's a good question. It's actually a good example of, you know, how do I engage with somebody that doesn't believe what I believe? And we all have interactions with people that we're just not on the same page. And this one's sensitive because it's family and it's because it's, you know, a mom and you want to, you want to protect that relationship, but also hopefully proclaim what is the truth. And I, you know, a lot of times I, in conversations, I like to rewind to like, to what we actually believe, not about, so this question is about heaven and who goes there. But I would actually rewind it to say, do we believe the, the word of God is the word of God? Do we believe that it is the truth? Do we believe that it is the authority by which our lives are governed? Uh, it, you know, if, if we're not on that page together, then it's going to be really hard uh, to get to the same outcome in regards to the heaven question. But let's just, you know, for the sake of conversation or answering the question, let's say um, the mom says, no, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I, I don't read my Bible, but I do believe it's the word of God. Then if I'm the daughter, I I'm saying, okay, could we actually open the scripture together and could we engage the word of God together on this question? Because we don't get to live our lives as Christ followers saying, well, I, I get to believe what I get to believe, or I get to, um, you know, I get to put God in my own box based on my own understanding, which we're so finite, you know, there, there is a potential arrogance to us that says, you know, well, you know, my Jesus would never do that, or my God would never do that. Like if God's a good God, he would not do that. Well, you don't get to say that. 
you're you're here today, gone tomorrow. Life's a vapor, but God is the God of the universe who was and is and is to come, and He is all knowing, all powerful, omniscient, uh, uh, omnipotent. Like He He's He is God. We're not God. The Scripture's clear. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Uh, as far as the heavens are above the earth, His ways are higher than our ways. Like we. We, we, what did Nathan Finocchio say uh, when, when he was here for conference? He said, we, we won't know God extensively, but we can know him accurately. Like we're, we're never going to, we're never going to arrive at the fullness of knowing everything there is to know about God, but we can know him accurately. What we do know about God, we can know accurately. And we find that in the word of God. So there, you know, there is scripture um, about heaven and hell, about eternal destination, about the fact that we're all sinners, about the fact that we needed a savior. Sa- saving from what? If we all go to heaven, what do we need saving from? Um, and e- eternal salvation. Even John 3.16 says eternal life. Uh, so God, God gave his one and only son. Uh, whoever believes in him has eternal life. So what, what does that mean if you don't believe in him? There is an eternal death. Um, and and a a conscious eternal death. We actually just released right now on Disciple You. You can find it on on the River Valley app. A course about hell. And so, what do we believe about hell? And there's there's three different videos about what we you know the different beliefs about eternity. And there there is there is there is taught the universalism that you know everybody goes to heaven. In that course, we teach that that is a heresy and that we don't believe that. And so I'm kind of getting long-winded on this question, but I would say, you know, is, is, your, is your mom a Christ follower? Does she believe that the word of God is the word of God and that it's true? Then I would engage scripture. If she doesn't believe that, then I'm, I, I'm probably going to do less trying to win her over and more being able to state what I believe as different from her, why I believe that, because I believe the word of God is the word of God and it's true. Um, and then I'm going to do my best to be a light in her life and to love her uh, where she's at, but not backing down from my core conviction. So, yeah, it, it, it's kind of it's that two part question that you're kind of addressing, right? It's on one hand is what does Scripture say, and you know, I, I think it's really difficult to read Scripture from a universalist point of view and and seeing that there is no hell or there's no punishment for people. I, I think it's just so evident in the New Testament. Now, the, the the thing I would say is we are not the judge. God is the judge, right? And, yep. w- w- you know, Jesus says that many will say, we'll, we'll cast out demons in my name, but I'll say that I never knew you, right? Basically saying it's not yep. about the power of, of God in action. It's about what goes on in here. And it's it's not about the gifts even, even though we've talked about the gifts and it is seek week and all these things that we just went through, it's not about that. And so I think there's, it's those two sides, but I think for somebody who's a Christian or who would say they're a Christian and who believes in the Bible, probably what it is, is it's one of two things. It's either themselves has some sin in their life that they have not fully surrendered to God or something in their life they've not fully surrendered or somebody that they deeply love they know in, in, in their heart is not following the way of Jesus. And so the way that they cope with that is to hope and kind of wish that God is going to 
just grant everyone eternity in heaven. And again, it's it's not it's not a scriptural perspective, but I, but it's understandable. It doesn't mean it's right, but it's understandable that people just don't right. want to surrender, don't want to fully surrender, don't want to tr- tell that person that they love that they're going to hell. Um, and so they maybe just don't believe in it because it's the 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 easier thing to do and to not address that. So I think that's probably um, where that is. And then you can just pray for that person that they would receive that revelation that that Jesus is the only way. And I mean, I've had those moments where I realize brokenness. You know, we serve a perfect God, not just a loving God. And I think that's people struggle. How could a God that's all loving, that's perfect love, send people to eternal suffering? And the answer is because they chose that suffering, right? They did not, they did not pursue God and they got what they asked for. Now it sounds like a harsh thing, right? But, but they, they did not lean into this free gift that God offers to every single person, and it's their sin that led them to eternal death. It's not, it's not God's turning his back that led them to eternal death. It's their sin that led them to that. And so I just think yeah. that's a good reminder for us is like we are all just we, – we all deserve horrible death, but, but, but God, but Jesus, yeah. you know, so – um, another question here. Uh, this this one is is a a complicated one. I don't want to get us in trouble. Um, but Laura Laura asked a question. Uh-oh. She said, "Do you need to speak in tongues to know you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, or is it possible to be filled and not speak in tongues?" When I read First Corinthians twelve four through eleven, it seems that not everyone receives every single gift of the Spirit. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit during Seek Week, but I've not spoken in tongues yet. Will this gift maybe come for me at a later point? And lot lot to talk about there. That there are denominational splits along yep. that exact question. Uh, I don't mean to over dramatize it at all, but I know that for for a lot of people oh, no. they struggle with that specific concept. So we'll see how well we can tackle it today in this short time. But uh, obviously, we have our our own convictions and beliefs as a denomination. And but maybe you want to share to help Laura with that question. Yeah, let's read this just for everybody listening and for context, because I don't know where everybody's at. But um, it is in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verses four through eleven. It says, "Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone." Verse seven. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for common good. For one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, discernment. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So this is a great question, and I'll just uh, give you our perspective as a church as well as uh, the position of the Assemblies of God. We believe in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit at salvation. So when you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit moves into your life. That's, That's how you can say, Lord, live in me. Like God lives in me 
when I become a Christ follower. And the Holy Spirit does great things as a result of the indwelling, like comfort, like conviction of sin, like uh, being a head lifter, like drawing you towards Christ. The Holy Spirit does that in the indwelling. So when, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit lives in you. We do believe as Pentecostals and in the Assemblies of God, we believe in a separate, distinct work of the Holy Spirit called the infilling of the Holy Spirit or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When you hear that language, baptism in the Holy Spirit means uh, the the initial infilling. The initial infilling is oftentimes called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we believe in scripture, it's taught that Jesus is our baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So again, it's a separate distinct work from the indwelling, the Holy Spirit living in you. Now there's the infilling. And just to break it down as fast as possible, every gift of the Spirit that was read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 was in the Old Testament except for two. So on prophet, priest, and king, we see the Holy Spirit coming down on a prophet, on a priest, or on a king, uh, a specific person for a specific task. And we see the gift of healing. We see the gift of faith. We see the working of miracles. We see uh, discernment of spirits. uh, We see prophecy. We see all of those gifts of the Spirit that we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, except for two. And the two new gifts— that Jesus said, go and wait. Go and, After I ascend to the Father, go wait for what I'm sending, for who I'm sending. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. They, they were saved. Jesus had died and rose again. So they, they were already saved, believing that the Holy Spirit was living now in them. But there was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the new gifts were speaking in tongues. And when there's a corporate tongue, there's a gift called the interpretation of tongues. So those are the two new gifts. Here's how we would answer the question specifically. And I personally, I personally believe this. That you you may be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you don't speak in tongues, but I cannot confirm that. The only way for me to confirm biblically that you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit is if you operate in the gift of speaking in tongues. And I know that that's, it's, maybe that's tough to hear. I think the Assemblies of God might take it further than that and say you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit unless you're well, speaking What's the clarification of the, um, there's a thing called IPE is the acronym, but it's the initial physical evidence. And again, there's been a lot of scrutiny around that phrasing, but I think the, the, the pointing of it would be it's the initial physical, right? The physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so that's where yeah. I think what you're saying is that debate around that phrase is it's the proving of it. I've heard my dad say the same thing. It's like, I, I don't know because I'm not the Holy Spirit and I'm not God, but the the physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit seems to be in Acts throughout the New Testament, seems to be this. And then also you, you see it being this, this gift that Paul talks about numerous times, you know, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are addressed in a couple different passages, but tongues and, and this prayer language is a theme throughout the, the New Testament where Paul references it numerous times for the edification of yourself for lifting. So again, I, I think that, again, you're, you're, you said that, but just to add some, some 
weight to what people are processing a bit. And I think tongues is a unique gift. I, I when I look at the, those gifts from First Corinthians twelve, I, I can't necessarily just turn them on. Like I, I can't just turn on a word of knowledge. I can't just turn on a word of wisdom. I can't. I can't just choose to turn it on, except for the gift of speaking in tongues. I can choose being baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. I can choose that one that I'm turning it on. I can engage in speaking in tongues, the actual gift of praying in the Spirit, the perfect will of God, edifying myself, building myself up, um, my private prayer language. I can turn that on anytime I want. So sometimes the, the question is, why do you guys elevate one gift over the others? Nope. No, we're not. This is the gift that is new in the New Testament that we saw in the upper room. So it's a unique and new and fresh gift and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the new covenant after Jesus died and rose again. So there's an element there that it is distinguished from the other gifts, but also because this is the gift I can turn on. That that once I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, I, I I can wake up tomorrow and pray in the Spirit. I can choose to do that. For the other gifts, I have to come before the Lord and say, Lord, you've used me prophetically in the past. Would you use me again? Or I'm praying for a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge over the situation. Would you give that? To, and you and you wait for that that gift or that outpouring of the Spirit. You don't just turn them on whenever you want. You ask, Lord, would you give me another word? Would you give me another word of wisdom, word of knowledge? Would you give me uh, the the gift of faith over this situation, knowing that you're in it or or confirm that you're not in it, that we shouldn't go that way or we shouldn't operate there. Or we shouldn't do that. And so there, there is the, there is a special nature to that gift only because it's new in the New Testament, and it's something that you can choose to do day in and day out. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Uh, this is a New Testament thing. And it wasn't just for then because it's something that happened in the upper room. It's something that happened 20 days later. It's something that happened decades later in the Bible. So who, who, who's the, who's the all-powerful one that gets to choose when, when it was now not for that time? Humanity doesn't get to decide that. We find what is in scripture. We find what's in church history and church history would tell us that people operate in the gift of the spirit, speaking in tongues and all the gifts of the spirit throughout church history. And it's in op- the, the spirit of God. He is in operation today through yeah, that's the so believers. good. I love the theme that we've been on. And even last week talking a lot about this, answering questions. There's a lot of questions about this topic. And I, and I think it's good. They, sh- they should be asked. We're not saying that in a bad way. Uh, I love the questions. And you know, even on Tuesday, uh, episode that I referenced to my dad, talking all about these gifts. So if you have questions about like how gifts should operate in church and how we kind of manage that, yep. we, uh, he answers a lot of those questions on the network uh, channel on Talking Church. And so even last week, Kirk and I talking about it. This week, Kirk and I talking about it. Seek Week, you know, my dad and I talking about it. I love that we're leaning into this that say, hey, middle of summer, we're leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, but before we end this episode, I want to pray as we always do, pray for needs. Uh, we shared a couple of praises already. And if there's more to share as well, Kirk, we can dive into these. But uh, yep. these are some prayers from our Apple Valley campus that we want to pray for. And I'm just going to read a few of these, but someone says, pray for total healing and bold in faith. Uh, Someone praying for their daughter who's in foster care, that she'd be able to come home soon. Praying for that situation, that there'd be safety and uh, provision and all the things that are needed there. Someone here, pray that I would receive the Holy Spirit. 
right? What we're talking about. Uh, this is one, I love this one. Mm-hmm. Pray for the 696 youth students that are at camp this week. Maybe it's been quiet love around it. your house because your teenagers are gone. Uh, pray for them. Pray that God would do exactly what he wants to do in their lives and that he would move in big ways. Uh, another family praying to receive and give love, help us raise our kids according to the word of God. Another person praying for healing from past traumas. This person praying for their uncle to be healed from colon cancer, healing. Pray for us as we just moved here from Florida. We're wanting to connect with others. See, Pastor Rob, people are moving from Florida to Minnesota. People are coming yeah, yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Let's and go. So praying that they get connected, praying for salvation for family members. This uh, this week at our staff meeting, we prayed for all the names that were texted in from Seek Week, hundreds of names. We prayed over every one of those yep. names, praying that they would come uh, to, to faith in Jesus, praying for breast cancer, healing for that, praying for healing and financial freedom. And last one, praying for our government. Always need our prayers. Yeah, I love it. Here, here's a praise report from from Seek Week. I met a couple that had just moved here from Idaho a, uh, a week ago, and their first week coming to River Valley Church was Seek Week, and they came every night. And on Thursday night, they came up and introduced themselves. I'd never seen them before, never never met them. And they said, we just moved here. We we were asking the Lord, why would you have us leave Idaho, which is beautiful and mountains and just awesome? Why would you bring us to Minnesota, uh, you know, and what's happening in culture and what's happening in politics and uh, the attack on on uh, biblical or, or nuclear family and all, all this cultural stuff? Why would you have us, Lord, move to Minnesota? And they said... Seek Week has confirmed that they the Lord moved them to Minnesota to be a part of a revival. And they just share this image. And, and again, the Lord's in control and he knows, he knows the future, but they just had the image of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people showing up to our doors at River Valley Church, uh, waiting to get in because there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and that floods into the marketplace and that there's a revival coming and there the Lord moved them here in advance of that and and I just think that that's awesome that the Lord's doing so many great things and you were joking about Florida Florida is like everybody's escapism right now from Minnesota it's like I want to get out of the winter and I want to get to a different place politically and I just love that the Lord is moving people from Florida or from Idaho to Minnesota. Listen, we're on mission up here. We're trying to we're trying to win people to Jesus. There's people all over our state that need need Jesus. And I love that the Lord's bringing them. And so praise God for that testimony that this couple got confirmation of why they're here. So let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for what you're able to do and what you're willing to do. You are able and willing to heal. You're able and willing to provide. I'm praying over these needs. Uh, There's people asking to be bold in faith. There's people asking for healing. There's people praying over their children and their daughter. Uh, There's there's people praying over, uh, I want to receive the baptism baptism in the Holy Spirit, Lord, would you fill them? Jesus, you're the baptizer. Would you would you do that great work, that significant work of the infilling of the Holy Spirit? And Lord, we pray over our almost 700 teenagers from our church that are at camp. And I was praying this morning, build within them a, 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 a sensitivity to your presence and your spirit, that they would hunger for the things of God and they would j- reject the things of the world 
teenagers are oversensitized, overstimulated, uh, over overstimulated because of what they've been exposed to, or because of the distractions, or the technology, or the things in life uh, that can cause them to be numb. Lord, I pray that you would resensitize them, and again that they'd be hungry for you, and they would reject the things of the world and reject sin. Uh, so do a miraculous work in our teenagers. Lord, we pray over all these people that are praying for salvation in their family members and friends. There's people believing for healing from breast cancer and financial freedom. Lord, would you move in the people's lives in our church? And I just pray that the people that are listening right now, as they take their next breath, that they would sense your presence, that they would know it's you. Every listener right now, that they would sense your presence and know it's you. You are with them in the workplace. You are with them in their cars. You are with them at home, wherever they are listening to this on a plane. Lord, you're with them. Let them feel your presence right now. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. When this life gets complicated, what can I come back to? Just to live your simple gospel, it's my one pursuit. Lord, show me of all that I am. I'm found in your greatest command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Every single sunrise, I remind myself to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Every single sunrise, I remind myself. All the things I set my hands to What is built that could last Just to live my life for Jesus Never turning back Foundations are labored in vain If not built upon this one thing Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Every single sunrise, I remind myself to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Every single sunrise, I remind myself to love. Let it always come back to this Let it always come back to this You're calling us back to this The key to this life is love Let it always come back to this Let it always come back to this You're calling us back to this The key to this life is love Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Every 
single sunrise I remind myself to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Every single sunrise I remind myself to love.